I started Unnecessary one year ago. I just posted it to my own personal Facebook page. Um, you know, it just popped up as a memory last week. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, I didn't just like randomly post this stupid idea because I got a new 3D printer. Then a year later, I wouldn't have this new venture that I'm trying to build out. So it's, uh, I'd say just do something and don't be afraid to just put it out there. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Matt Benedeno, founder, Sondre Travel, and Unnecessary Inventions. He's an entrepreneur, product designer, and self-proclaimed evil genius. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber. And Dave Bradbury. Recording from the Consolidated Communications Tech Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Hi, Matt. Hello, how are you? So good. I'm really happy to see you here. Thank V-Set. you for inviting me up. Welcome to VSET. First time visitors. First time up, up we, here, we'd yeah. love seeing smiles like that. So <laughs> thank you. Definitely not the last time, hopefully. Um, and it's, you know, having you in here, it, I can already feel the creative energy kind of boost Just that we need. Vibing, needed. vibing right now. Serious vibing, <laughs> not to mention that audience can't see, but we are wearing matching outfits right. unintentionally. So we do look pretty good. We look great. Uh, sorry, Dave. I didn't get the memo. I know. That's, we, <laughs> I, so sorry about I that. I feel more socially distant than ever. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, Matt, you seems like you were literally born to be an entrepreneur um, based on sort of what I know about you thus far. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit just about your background? Sure. So I grew up um, outside New York City. Um, grew up there and then also in the Adirondacks ski racing. Uh, so I had a background kind of in the city and the mountains and I did always kind of have like a little side hustle growing up all the time you know I had the lemonade stand I I made duct tape wallets that I tried to sell around the uh, ski lodges and um, yeah so it just has always been something that I've done Um, and I started I guess my main company that my first like real money-making business I started when I was 13 uh, hand crocheting hats uh, similarly, my mom taught me how to crochet hats and started selling them at my ski lodge, made a website the next year, and then by the time I was 15, I outsourced it all to China. Wow. wow. Was that East Coast that uh, was, uh, headwear? Th- yep. Okay. So so it's sort of, it's evolved over the years, so that started as East Coast headwear, and then I transitioned that down to EC headwear, and then that turned into Eastern Collective, which I now still run, but that's now tech accessories, so I sort of... That company has just evolved over the years for kind of whatever I was doing. It's but our, our listeners want to know, do you still crochet? I just, uh, so one of my inventions for Unnecessary Inventions about three weeks ago was a crocheted mitten that had the middle finger so you could still flip people off. <laughs> oh, so, nice, yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was the last thing I crocheted was about three weeks ago. So I still got the, still still got the got skills. It. It's an important skill to have. haven't made a hat have. in a while, but, yeah. Okay, well, I just want to know there. if you did it for fun or for... Yeah, for, not, for not so much for fun anymore. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome that you kind of, like, transition things and just, like, make it work based on, you know, what the demand is, right? Right, yep. So, I, uh, so yes, yeah, so I transitioned before I was... When I first started, I was just doing all one-off custom hats and all that stuff, and then I transitioned to designing, like, a collection um, to sell online and then ended up sponsoring people in the X Games and all that stuff. And that's sort of what brought me up to Burlington is I came up here to go to St. Mike's 
came to St. Mike's. They gave me an office on campus all four years to run my Your business? run oh, my uh, hat company out of. So I moved in my freshman dorm in my office Amazing. all in the same weekend. And they had never really seen that before. So they were like, we'll find something. So I had this little closet. Yeah, and that was really before sort of campuses started having entrepreneurial centers and programs right. and all that. Was, yeah, it was they, definitely. Was it, it was, sort of just a closet that they I mean, didn't? it was a room about the size of this. So what, 10 by 10 or so? Um, yeah, and I paid like I think they they charged me rent. It was like eighty bucks a month or something that basically just covered heat and electricity. I think and yeah, it it worked well having it right there on campus all, all four years. Pretty good deal. And I, you know, we find we work with a lot of colleges and universities, and they're so eager to support entrepreneurial students. It's awesome to hear that St. Mike's was yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, back in two thousand eight, so it was a little bit earlier than. These oh, programs. It, yeah, I for had a sure. feeling we were the same age when you mentioned the uh, duct tape wallet. <laughs> that was yes. the, the craze. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's an ageless thing. Is I mean, it? I mean, oh, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how old duct tape is. That must probably have been, been around since like World War II or something, right? We'll have to, someone fact check us. Um, you mentioned unnecessary inventions. Yep. So you're, you're solving problems that don't exist. That's correct. Or solving problems that don't exist with things that maybe shouldn't be made. What does that even like mean if I just describe it? Yep. So basically I create, so, so that's, that's basically the test. I create products that solve problems that don't exist by creating products that no one needs to buy. <laughs> Excellent. We so, usually advise against that, Matt, but you've seemed <laughs> to make it work. So yes, yeah, so <laughs> it totally <laughs> takes customer development and like flips it on its right. head. So it's basically looking at the it's kind of a a cons- looking at the consumer market and just sort of seeing these products that you see you know on wish.com all these random drop shipping sites and you say is anyone ever going to actually buy that i try and just put myself in that mindset and think okay how can i solve this problem but how can i add 10 more steps in the process of using this product that you're going to be able to solve the problem without using whatever I come up with. I mean, have you just like sort of mashed together product design with comedy? Essentially, yeah. So it, so it does stem all around sort of the whole package that I create for it between the product videos, the, the images that I always have this uh, signature face of like, what am I doing with my life that I have to use this product? Um, so it is, it is mashing just kind of meme culture and product design all in one. That's so awesome. Um, and just, I mean, Dave and I follow you. We love we love seeing what you're coming up with. Just for our listeners, can you, like, throw a few examples out there of some of the inventions you've made, maybe sure. your personal favorites? Sure. So it's actually one-year-old Unnecessary Inventions last week. Just turned one. Happy birthday. I know. Happy birthday. So my very first Unnecessary Invention were uh, chopstick extensions for your AirPods. So sort of looking at that... Right when AirPods first came out, everyone's like, no one's going to wear these. They look absolutely ridiculous on your face. And so I sort of took that idea and mindset now that they are one of the most ubiquitous products in the marketplace now and sort of just accentuating on that. So they're little chopsticks that attach to your head and you can um, listen to your music and have a sushi lunch at the same time. And let's see, some of the other recent good ones. Um, so I mentioned the flipping mittens. So that was a, a mittens that you had, but it had the middle finger separated so you could still flip people off, which, you know, it's a common problem that you want to show your frustration. I also created a um, 
cup holder for your steering wheel. So it attaches directly to your steering wheel because cars always need more cup holders. And then the product video is sort of the process of then me going around a turn <laughs> in my car and the drink not exactly staying there. Uh, so it's sort of just kind of looking at design and, and poking fun at where are the holes that would this product would Did work. you rent a car for that, that I demo? Didn't, I u- did use my own car. I sort of okay. I showed a video. I do a lot of cuts. A lot of cuts of me drinking it. Then the next one of the actual car, there was nothing in the cup. And then I did have someone. I did make a car uh, cup holder for the top of your car for all those times that you put the coffee there and you forget about it. And I was like, this video would be great if I had a Tesla. So I just posted on the Burlington Reddit. I was like, does anyone in Burlington have a Tesla I could borrow for a couple hours? I'm like, here's my inventions. You might have seen them. And then I had like a super fan reach out. And he was like, I love your inventions. Oh, my God. Here's my te- and he gave me his P100D. I got to use it for six hours. I, and- I absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, the, the weird and off, off angle here in Burlington likes to support one another, right? right? Exactly. And I, I think yep. that's uh, an advantage. So great. I love the pizza pouch. Yep, that was like, a uh, that love was a that because you know I bring a lot of pizza into work yep. and I don't like using all this stuff and like just having like a little fanny pack and pizza shapes. Brilliant, Amazing. brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. And so that was actually one of the ones. So um, right around September is when I started monetizing unnecessary inventions, and so I was like, I knew that. Once things started picking up around like June, July-ish, I wanted a book that was 101 Unnecessary Inventions. So throughout the summer, I was pumping out about four to five inventions per week um, just so that I could get to that number. Um, And then the pizza fanny pack. I I did manufacture about six inventions, mass-produced them. Yeah, so talk about how you're making this into a business because you've got almost a half million Instagram followers, which is awesome. And that's... I don't know, Sam. We're not quite to that level. I think at our V sets. Maybe throw us some, would you? Do you know? Sure. Yeah. Okay. VCET dot co. Would you please? We could use a little bump, right? Um, it's all about the ratings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been it's been interesting because it's so different than just tr- traditional e commerce um, that there's kind of unlimited avenues that I could monetize this in. So the first um, avenue that was that came about was YouTube advertising. So through, so I have about 30,000 followers on YouTube and I got about 100,000 views there a month. So I make money through the AdSense there. And then the big part of that is sort of building this following is then doing brand deals. So I've done brand deals. I did stuff with Bud Light. I've did stuff for Call of Duty, um, uh, Lifex, the smart light bulbs and stuff like that. And those deals are where a significant portion of revenue comes. And, and those will embed into the video itself? Sort of like yeah, a so classic product placement? Right, so I'll yeah. sort of take the brand or whoever I'm working with and then come up with a new invention that incorporates them into the brand. Not necessarily like, this company, that's why it's a little bit of a difficult sell sometimes. I don't want to be like, I'm not trash calling em. you yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so with Bud Light, I made an iPhone case that, so if you can picture kind of those older car cup holders that fold down and then the thing flips up. So I made an iPhone case that has that cup holder so you can walk <laughs> around with your beer in your phone case. Um, so sort of, you know, playing, poking fun at not necessarily the brand, but sort of a product that you could use the brand with. And I imagine that that is kind of in a different angle. I mean, 
you have to come up with a lot of ideas. So obviously right. you have your own ideas you come up with. I'm sure your fans give you ideas, but then thinking about the product first and right. the company you're going to support, like that must be inspiring as well. Yeah, it's definitely fun. And it's sort of, I sometimes have a little list of like, okay, I know these ideas would work really good if I can get X brand. Well, you, you worked at Fuse Marketing yep. for a bit, right? Yep. Which are huge fans of Fuse and, and, and the team that founded it. And Julie Jatlow always helps out our companies too. Which, yep. Thank you, Julie. Um, she was my boss. She was great. Was she your boss? Yeah. Lucky. She's like kind of a neighbor. You know, she lives around the corner from, mm-hmm. from where we do. So um, how important was that internship in terms of understanding how brands think, work, products? Like, did that help you today? I, I would say so. It definitely helped understand sort of it helped understand the agency side of things because I've always just been solo on like all, all my other ventures I've done have been completely solo and I just sort of do whatever I want to do so it was definitely really helpful understanding kind of how agencies work and then the teams behind the brands of just sort of the whole collaborative their mindset and their process right and budgeting. exactly and yeah. right figuring okay. out where projects work exactly. I know that if a brand is working with me through unnecessary inventions, they're not looking for like, okay, we need to return our investment by this many clicks of people. So it's sort of, I understand that I worked a lot on the events team and the brand strategy team of just sort of like experiential marketing of like just the whole package, I think was definitely, uh, I I loved working at Fuse. Um, And it 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 was bittersweet to leave, but things were going so well well, well, you seem, and this is a compliment, you seem kind of unemployable, <laughs> right, right? Which I've been accused of as well. Yeah. Like, um, can't, can't stop the idea train there. Right. No, yeah, can't. when I went and told HR that I was leaving, they were like, we were expecting this, just not this soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so from my perspective, what I think part of what makes you so successful with this, with speaking to unnecessary inventions, is just the unbelievable production quality of what you've done. So everything from the product itself to the photography, so polished, you know, it really, really catches your eye. Um, How do you do it? Like you said, you were pumping out like five inventions a week. Like that's a lot of work. It is. What is it? Just walk us through sort of the process of from idea to post. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm at my studio a lot, which is probably the one thing is that I'm there a lot. What's nice is the 3D printers also work if I, I can go home and set up a print overnight and it'll be there in the morning. So basically the idea process is I have a list in my phone of probably right now it's probably a hundred deep of either if it's just like an emotion or something I saw someone do in public or a meme I saw or it might be like a fully fledged idea done. And I sort of try and stagger like I'll do a food one, then I'll do a tech one and then I'll do so I'll sort of see what I've already done, pick an idea, and then I pretty much just go I guess I'm just very visual in my head. I can once I know what I want to make, I can see it in my head, and then I just go right into 3D design software and just tinker around with. Okay, this is I know what the picture in my head looks like. Now I just need to make the picture on my computer match the same thing, and then I from there I set it up on the 3D printer, get things going. That's pretty much 3D printing is pretty much how I do almost everything, and then put it together. I mean from Starting a project to finishing it, I mean, two days is a lot. That's crazy. I mean, some of them, if I'm just like, oh, I haven't posted in three days, I'll like get to my studio in the morning. Like, okay, I want something done 
and post it by the end of today. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm doing more YouTube, it takes a little bit longer because... Get to produce that and edit it. Right, and that some of the inventions don't work as well. When I'm just doing photos, yeah. I can I can have a prop and then Photoshop out whatever's holding up this part and stuff like that. So the YouTube aspect of it has been interesting. Of I want the product to actually like work at the end. I can't just be like... And here it sort of is. You know, it has to do what I say I'm setting out to do, which is a little bit more difficult. And are you getting a lot of uh, suggestions from your community and followers? Oh, all the time. How do you handle that? Like, so well, I, I've sort of, well, I do get a lot of sort of unsolicited ideas that most of the time they're not very great. And I'm like, heard them like the same one 300. Exactly. It's kind of like the ideas I give Sam and Phoebe (laughs) and Taylor on our team. Like, I got an idea. They're like, their eyes roll and they're like, okay. Here's another one. (laughs) Yeah. Here's another one. But every, uh, every Sunday on my Instagram, on my Instagram stories, I do the, I do what I call a Sunday inspiration session. So I do, I'll just like post like, okay, it's that time of the week. Send me what you think your best idea for unnecessary invention is. And I'll get, you know, upwards of, probably five to 600 replies, and there's maybe two good ones I could wow. work with. I love it. It's just so, I, again, the imagination, the fearlessness that, like, ask why or, or friction or frustration in life. Like, yep. um, actually, Sam, I'm just reminded of, of Will Nash and uh, a student of ours who passed away this past weekend, and uh, his dad in his drawings found something. He's like, oh, to save time and not have to eat before I go to class, why can't I have a toaster desk, right? And sit at my desk and make toast and eat and get the lecture all at once, which I was like, brilliant. I just, I want to see that sketch. But anyway, just... I did just make a toaster. The video, the toaster makes Elon Musk toast, but I just want to get Elon's attention. I know he loves memes. He's got a... Uh, he's he, he's oh a big follower of this podcast. No, not oh, many people yeah. know yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Um, so we've already talked about how prolific you are with your inventions. <laughs> Care to share any failures, anything you've started, tried to make work, and then just uh, had to abandon? I think there's only been maybe two inventions that most of the time if I start something, I finish it. And it's only that like I'm done, I have the product photos, and I'm like, the idea just doesn't quite come across. Or like my execution. I did one where I made it. Uh, jeans that were basically the pockets were transparent so you could always see what was in your pockets from the outside and it just didn't quite my jeans I kind of wear tight jeans and when I put them on they were I was my thighs were busting out and it just didn't look very good (laughs) (laughs) so I uh, I had to scrap that one I that one did I did photoshop it a little bit and that one made it into my book because then I like advertised like oh there's inventions you haven't seen on Instagram in the book there you go um but pretty much, if I start something, it, it if it, it makes, makes it that it, far, right, yeah. It makes, it if true. the idea makes it into my three D sketching, it it goes. Do you feel like now that you have a, a following, like and a, and, a, and a brand, and and it's your business, um, is the bar higher? It is. It looking back at like past inventions. And I'm like, man, I that one was so dumb, but it did so well. And now it's like they all have to be really good. And and to me, like what I call a flop, like like oh that one didn't get as many likes as the one previous to that. I mean, they're still doing great, but it, my audience is expecting more. Which yeah, that's has a different a, set of pressure. Right, and, exactly. That's and it's and it's similar. Like they can't all just be concept based. Like 
Yeah. If I say it does something, they kind of want to see that it does that thing, which is why I'm doing more video. And you don't want to be predictable. I feel like right. that's a big piece of it as well. Yeah, it's yeah. all. It, it is. My uh, my boyfriend just asked, like, so what happens when you run out of ideas? And yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's gonna happen, but I hope not. I don't well, know. It continues to evolve. I think right, you've exactly. proven with your other entrepreneurial endeavors, like you, if there's one thing you know how to do, it's evolve, right? right. Um, but that's kind of exciting. I mean, you started this out not monetizing it, and here you are now. It's pretty yep. crazy. Um, also, huge congratulations on your book, um, 101. Um, so tell us about that process. I mean, were, were, were you approached to do it, or did is that something you always wanted to do? How did that kind of work out? Yeah, so similarly, so through, so I mean, I've, and, and Unnecessary Invention sort of has been going on my whole life, and I would just think of an idea, send it off to China, get a sample in my hand. I'm like, all right, this is absolutely stupid and I'm never going to sell this. So I have like a wall of like, actually there's a couple on my Instagram page that were past ideas that then I just sort of like tweaked it a little bit. Um, But similarly, the book is just, I just did it all myself. Um, I just sort of knew, I wanted a way that people could take home all of the inventions if they couldn't actually purchase them. So I sort of had the mindset that I wanted to come out with the book, so that's why I was working super hard throughout the year, and then just figured out kind of how to self-publish a book and bring it to life. And luckily through Eastern Collective, so that was my tech accessories, I used to sell um, in Urban Outfitters. And I looked on LinkedIn, I like typed in like Urban Outfitters book buyer, because I was like, this is the perfect concept. And the tech buyer that I had is now the book buyer. No way. I love <laughs> so then I emailed her and I was like, hey, Becky, I don't know if you remember me, but I did this, this, and this. This is what I'm up to now. I'm coming out with a book soon. And like, I was only like 25% done with the book. Half hour later, she's like, cool, I'm in. Send me the draft and you have it. I'm like, now I actually have to finish it. That's great, right? <laughs> and so then it launched nationwide in Urban Outfitters. And so similarly, that was another... Um, way to monetize it was sort of going into the more regular e-commerce direction with it. So um, do you have any patents? I don't. I did try to get a patent a little while ago. Well, back in 2012 for Eastern Collective. Didn't get approved. But but none of this other stuff you're working on. You just you just want to iterate quick and right. Basically get it out. And I've been approached by some companies to they want to just and which is nice, they don't just steal it. That license they, out something. They want to license out some ideas for next Christmas and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's sort of also similarly another. It'd be great just send the idea to them and have another company make it. They're still going to brand it unnecessary um, sort of as a collaboration. Yep. So Love that. Yeah. Yeah, the collabs are the way to go, right? Right, right? Yeah. It's sort of, you have a, I would say, a more serious side with the travel mm-hmm. products, yep. right? Can you talk about... Um, that line, how you got there, and that sort of Kickstarter yep. angle, please. Yeah, so I similarly, every like two to three years, I just sort of get the itch that I want to do something new. So Eastern Collective from after it was um, ski hats and all that stuff. So basically, the quick story with that is now 10 years ago, ski crash, spent four and a half months in the hospital, didn't walk for two years. Whew. So skiing sort of trickled out in my life. And that ended up transitioning into iPhone accessories, mixing my background in textiles and then putting it into iPhone cases and cables and stuff like that. And then I was, it was going really well, but I was like, I kind of want to do something new. And 
that actually came about. I was just like, what could I create? What do people buy a lot? I'm like, I got their phones on check. I'm like, people love to travel. And I went to Amazon, typed in travel accessories, and the pillows were like the first five. And I was like, okay, how can I make a travel pillow better? And I literally just cut up a ski mask, iterated in my, that was, you know, quickly within a day. And I was like, eh, I think this could work. And maybe like three months back and forth doing samples in China and then launched it on Kickstarter. Well, that's just about three years ago, uh, last month. And that did 125K on Kickstarter in the first month. Right. So I, I, I guess I figured out the design. So that was a way, yeah, totally, right? <laughs> right. And, and that was with pre-orders? Right. So yeah. basically Kickstarter, you know, go through and they pre-order it. I'm trying to think how many units that was. I, was. I was selling them pretty cheap. I think I was only selling for like 13 or 14 bucks. But at that point, though, you had, you had invested time and energy, you got right. samples, you knew you could make it, deliver it, because Sam and I, we've had people walk in, say, hey, I just raised $30,000 in Kickstarter, now what do I do? Right. And they have no idea what a business is, how to build it, or even the cost structure, right? Yep. But it sounds like, again, given your background, you knew that. And um, I love Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. What a way to find out if there's demand for your, your product that you threatened to build. Right. Yeah, I uh, I, lo- I always loved Kickstarter for the longest time, and I wanted to do something on it, and I just never knew what. And then finally this came about. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. And what I think people don't realize is how big just, like, the Kickstarter community of people, like, 40% of the people that back a project, like, you get all the analytics, are people that are just browsing Kickstarter for new and cool products to buy. Hmm. And there, there's, you know, so it's almost access to free customers that trust versus if I set up a website, A, I have to pay Facebook ads to get people there. Right. They right. don't trust it. They don't know who this brand is. But it almost, it's similar, a collaboration. You're almost, they trust the Kickstarter brand that they're on this website that they've purchased products through before. So I think it kind of gets rid of a little bit of a, bar- a purchase barrier, being like, oh, okay, well, you know, I love these other Kickstarter things I bought. And so it's it's almost an easier conversion to get someone. Yeah, I mean, we've been told, and, and some of the experience have been, you know, for a successful Kickstarter campaign, and correct this if it's outdated or, or off, but, you know, you sort of had to show up with a third of, mm-hmm. the, of the buyers or the audience, yeah. right? Then during campaign, you would generate a third, and then the platform would deliver a third just through these, these folks like, like me. i go in and browse. Say, yep. oh, what's cool? I, I don't need this, but wow, wouldn't it be cool if I right. could breathe underwater for 10 minutes <laughs> and you know, have a new snorkel mask? And, yep. um, is that sort of still the formula, yeah, still you think? Yeah, that's definitely, okay. um, definitely part of it. So that, so that sort of initial, my initial bump was just friends and family. I, I posted to my own personal uh, Facebook pages and all that stuff, like, here's my new venture. It sort of helped that, similar to the Tesla story. I was like, this would be really cool if I filmed the video on a private jet. So I just emailed Heritage. I was like, do you guys have any planes I can use? <laughs> and they had a plane that was under maintenance, and me and my old college roommate who does film stuff got to use a $10 million private jet for a day and film whatever. So it's like, the spectacle. So everyone's like, so I was, I was teasing. Everyone's like, what is Matt doing on a private jet? So then, like, yeah. finally, when, when I told all my friends of like what it was, it was like a little more of a, a push. And then, um, yeah, and then through, the, through my first 
Kickstarter, then I hired an agency that sort of specializes in Facebook ads. So kind of got that first third through friends and family, that, and then I did another push with, uh, with running Facebook ads through an agency that does it. And then have you continued to go back to Kickstarter? Is yes, that, is that how you, now. you've done five? So all the products sort of yeah, are so launched through there? Pretty much almost everything through Sondre has launched through. So I did that. I did, the, um, I did a voyage bag. I did a sleep mask. I did a beach chair, and then I actually did one Kickstarter through Eastern Collective. And then I had the draft of my next Kickstarter ready to go for Sondre. It was going to be a new bag, toiletry, like a full travel kit, mm. and then Unnecessary blew up, and I just it just didn't happen. Wow. So, so it, first of all, I love, one of the things I want to mention is just like, I love that like when you need something, you just ask for it, because I think that's a big thing that, holds people back sometimes it's like oh well no one would ever let me borrow their tesla or their private jet we're like did you ask right right like i think that's clearly part of what makes you successful which i love um and you talked about you know you're you're kind of a one-man show and um you know you mentioned having to sort of hold off on that next kickstarter because of unnecessary inventions any plans to sort of scale and hire people or is that just so not what you're looking to do i guess it's hard to say i've, I've just been so my my lane of just like i day one just solo ride it out you know to me i don't need to be the next bill gates you know to me i i produce enough income i bought a house with lake views i have a car i you know all my bills are paid to me it's kind of great to just do whatever i want to do and never have the pressure of is this going to fail? Am I letting all these people down because I can't pay for the, pay their salaries and all that stuff? So it is, It is. I mean, I'm sure at some point I kind of have to. So far it's worked out the way it has. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's difficult and it's very different. People are always like, oh, well, your business could be this if you just hired this person or did this. And I'm like, but also I could go away on a cruise next week and I don't have to yeah. tell anybody. That's so true. I mean, you got to be true to yourself and what what feels right and, yep. and what the motivations are. I mean, the fact that you've self-funded this thing along the way, um, you know what it's like to work for somebody else mm. through Fuse, right? Yep. And, and maybe some others. Um, yeah, be true to yourself. I mean, yeah. If it's not fun, right. forget it, right? And I think that's that's actually one of the things that I find that some entrepreneurs, that's like the hardest question I ask them. They'll, you know, they'll reach out to VSET for counseling or consulting and we'll sit down with them and the first thing I ask them is well what do you want this business to look like what do you want your day-to-day to look like and there's a pause and, and the they're like stare. oh my god I don't know you know they've been thinking so much about the business model and this you know all these intricate parts of actually creating the product and they forgot to think about what they want their life to look like. Right. Um, so I think you know that show that's so important and it sounds like you've really kind of drilled in on that which is yeah. Great. So do you have any advice for other entrepreneurs that you know have products or, or some some service that you know how do you get the, the big notice in the world, right? The 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 press or the, the visibility. You've had some real success there. I yeah. mean I mean, are there any sort of tips or tricks I, I could mean, share? It's, it's all about I think just actually having something newsworthy. You know, I think sometimes people think that <laughs> so true. what so they true. think is, you know, amazing and groundbreaking. Version 4.0 is out. Like, right, exactly. Ooh, it's a blue and, font now. You know, it's just sort of, 
I, I guess for me, it sort of worked out like similar, just sort of asking for things. I don't care if people say no. So like, I'll just email and send out like, hey, feature this or, you know, sort of, I would just put myself out there and if they say no, they say no. But all those times that people say yes, it could be that next bigger jump. I feel like, and with unnecessary, people always sort of ask like, oh, what should I do and all that stuff? Like as a creator, I'm like, just literally do anything. Because I started Unnecessary one year ago. I just posted it to my own personal Facebook page. Um, you know, it just popped up as a memory last week. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, I didn't just like randomly post this stupid idea because I got a new 3D printer. Then a year later, I wouldn't have this new venture that I'm trying to build out. So it's, uh, I would say just do something and and I guess I, I guess not not don't be afraid to fail, but don't be afraid to just put it out there. Yeah, because it's fun and right. interesting, and you like it, right? right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Um, so just going back to Sondre quickly, um, can you talk to us a little bit about your business model? So you sell direct to consumer. Yep. Um, Amazon. Um, our friends over at the Gromit. We love Jules Pieri. Yep. Um, anywhere else? What does that look like right now? Yeah. So that's. Um, that's that's pretty much it. I've sort of just with unnecessary. I've even kind of scaled things back and just really kind of put it all into Amazon, just because it's very low overhead. So so also Eastern Collective is still running. That's all the tech accessories. Right. And um, so I kind of have those two things going. Um, I'm interested in selling them to just focus on unnecessary. Oh, all right. Um, well, buyers out there. <laughs> oh, very interesting. I mean, like it's so it's. I mean, I I literally at this point put. Two hours a week would be generous into those businesses now, so they're so there's sort of upside coasting. potential, yeah, right, you know. So, um, so yeah, so it's it's just sort of those are sort of on coast mode right now. While I mean, unnecessary takes a lot of time. Yeah, I. <laughs> well, I bet more and more too. With like, right. particularly the video production stuff right. is is a lot, and, and there's a lot of stuff in potential works. My, my there. Kids are gonna flip out that I was with a YouTube star today. I know. I it is kind of weird when I see articles like YouTuber creates. I'm like, I'm a I'm a YouTuber Am now. I, <laughs> I prefer inventor. I think right. that's more evil genius. Evil, evil genius, genius. Is, yep. is really perfect. Uh, there's nothing evil about you, genius. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could, I could say, um, so. Here in Vermont, were there any resources that that were helpful to you along the way after college? Like, I guess it's hard. Makerspaces or you know mentors that you've other creatives that you've congregated, or have you just been holed up in your lab? I'm a hermit crab. I just I and my office in the well, I almost well in the hood plant. Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of difficult to find me in there, and you know I just kind of love it, and I just. Just hang out by myself well, well, all day. We're so appreciative you came out during <laughs> yeah, the yeah, daylight. Came out of my oh, shell. This is like a twilight show, right? right? It's sort of like a gray day. We got them out here. You're glistening a little bit. But, right. um, no, I was. I have to say, when I reached out, I was like, he's creating. I'm not going to hear from this guy. And then I got the email back. I was like, yes. <laughs> yep. Major yeah, victory. I just, I just sort of, I just do my own thing. I don't know. And I know it doesn't work for everyone, but I just, I've been doing it for so long, I guess, um, that... It's just it's everything is just so second nature to me yep. that if I just want something done, I at this point I just know how to get it done. Get it and done. I can do it. Well, so it's even though you're squirreled away, you are inspiring other Vermonters. Yeah, so. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, Dave, I think it's it's. Time yeah, we'll get, can we ask you uh, the magic wand question? Sure. Okay, so magic wand time, superpowers. Yep. And they can be evil or for good. Just we should get that out in the open. Um, if you could change one thing in Vermont, what would it be? I would change. I will. So I like still have New York City in my heart, and Burlington is like just barely the big enough of a city. I, I, I'm like, build Burlington Town. Let's get like 10 Burlington Town Centers up in Burlington. I, you know, A little more population. A little more population, a little more diversity in, in the city. Um, I would say that would probably be the one thing that just a little bit more of a downtown city city vibe. All right. Um, would you be willing to give up your Lakeview for the new skyscraper? <laughs> well, you can't, well... You can't fit anything in front of me unless you tear down the skate park. But <laughs> all right, That's nice, unfair question. Yeah. But um, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your yeah, your journey. And it's really me. exciting to see uh, what you're doing. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll continue to keep an eye on you. Giggling all morning. Yeah. Um, and now we have a we have a target for Instagram rankings here locally. Like, yeah. Sure do. We're we need to go. You. We're coming. Watch out. I did tag. We're going to get a comma at some point. Another, another similar. I, I was trying to, I, I made an invention that hides your shoes in a public urinal. So if you're uncomfortable going to the bathroom in public and you want to hide your, or at work, you're like, I don't want to be known. I was like, where am I going to find a public bathroom stall? So once again, I was like, okay, a movie theater. I could get there before it opens. And ended up Palace Nine in South Burlington was like, sure. And they were like, as long as you tag us in the post. I'm like, sure, done. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're all out there. Um, again, thank you so much. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series has been made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. If you like this episode, please review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. Let's go invent.